Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We have an epic show for you today. I have a great guest. Mr. Andy Heller is here, and he never really set out to become an expert on divorce, to be honest. But Andy has already co-authored two real estate investing books, but really had no intention of writing another book until going through his own divorce. Over six years, Andy conducted dozens of interviews with field experts, including co-parenting counselors, attorneys, mediators, as well as divorced couples who overcame massive challenges in their own separations. Filled with blunt advice, real-world examples, and 46 practical strategies for better separation, his book, Take the High Road, Divorce with Compassion for Yourself and Your Family, provides readers with a well-organized roadmap to more positive destination, a less-traveled route for navigating a divorce that can heal hearts, prepare them for the future, and nurture their children. Welcome to the podcast, Andy. Hi, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to listen to this epic, the, the word epic. So I was like, okay, now we have to make this really good and really helpful. So I'm I'm super excited. <laughs> I know it's going to be a great conversation, exactly yeah. what our listeners need to need. But you wrote a book and you have your own personal journey through divorce. So I'm so, so excited to kind of mesh both of those things together today. There are so many golden nuggets that we're going to discuss on the topics of co-parenting, as well as kind of those must-haves in preparing and navigating through divorce. So let's let's start with your book, because I'm so excited about or for people to know more about this and for myself to learn a little bit more about this. But you wrote a book called Take the High Road. How did this book really come to be? All right. Well, I'll try to give my story in two minutes so we can save most of our time here to, to help your listeners. But ladies and gentlemen, I have probably one of the most unique stories you'll ever uh, listen to. So I'm just, I'm a regular guy. I'm a successful businessman. And um, as Heidi said, I co-authored two books about real estate investing two decades ago. I had my own traumatic divorce and everybody has a coping mechanism for stress. Mine is I take notes, I write, and I don't don't sleep a lot. And I tend to read a lot of self-help books. So I'm going through my own divorce. I'm taking all these notes. And something happened with my ex-wife. I went into my, I'm proud enough to say I got a therapist. I said, I asked for a therapist who did a lot of work with divorced men. I normally consider myself to be a very practical, reasonable guy, Heidi, but I didn't think I was thinking clearly and I wasn't, which most people are not. And so she was great. She was my rudder. So a couple of times I would go in and something would happen and I say, this is what happened, but this is what I'm going to do. And she'd say, Thanks for telling me, Andy, but you're not going to do that. You're going to do the opposite. Boom. And one thing in particular happened, and I was so sure that my plan made sense and was reasonable. And I left her office like, oh, my God, I realized the degree to which I was emotionally compromised and not making sound decisions because she set me straight. My thought process was completely 180 degrees of what it should be. At the same time, I looked at my notes. I'm like, oh my God, I got an outline here for a fantastic book. And I, by this time, I'd read about six or seven other books. And 
I'm a big believer, honey, you can pick up the worst book. If you get one good tip, it's worth it. All right. Mm. But a lot of these books were different in that they were written by field experts. So a divorce attorney, a children's therapist, a co-parent counselor, a mediator. What Where my book is different is I've run successful businesses. All right. Now, this book is not about my own divorce. I started a process of, for six years. I would interview all these field experts, as well as couples who went through toxic divorces themselves, figured it could never get better, and then landed years later in a successful co-parenting place. What mm. do you guys do right? What do you guys do wrong? What was your biggest challenges? So I took and I collected this and I organized these 46 tips and strategies, like almost like a business best practices manual. And, you know, I've got, my book is kind of new, guys, but I'm super proud. One of the most impressive reviews I got was from another author who's in this space. And she said, my book is that GPS that any divorcee needs to get through the process healthy, mm. even if you have a very toxic former partner, and land in a place where you guys can co-parent effectively, even if you couldn't live together. So anyhow, so that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So when I answer your questions, I do want to say, this is not really Andy Heller answering because I'm just a successful businessman. I don't consider myself to be a know-it-all, whatever. But what I did do is I, in putting this book together, I interviewed people who are experts, who do know better. And I organized their counsel in a manner that all of us going through divorce can benefit from. And the last thing I'll say is where my book, I think, is especially helpful is that I'm a kind of unique the way I'm wired. I don't sleep a lot when I'm stressed. And I was able to read a lot. But most people, you need your sleep. You might have enough time for to read one or two books. So you've got to make sure you find one that is as helpful as possible. So my book, I intend to be comprehensive, not just to get through a divorce well, but to co-parent effectively for could be 10 years, again, like I said earlier, with somebody you couldn't even live with. So there we are. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that. I'm I'm really excited about the way that you put your book together because you have been through divorce and I can only imagine, I know when I was going through divorce, I spent every single Saturday in the Barnes and Noble, Andy, like every yeah. single Saturday I would go there and I would search and search and search for something that said how to be happy again after divorce. And I could, I never found that book ever. And I know that's not necessarily what your book is about, but I think so much of finding yourself again after divorce and finding your happiness after divorce and planning through a successful divorce are all these elements and strategies for success. They're so much, so, so important to have practical things to get through to the other side. So I'm glad that you can mesh both of these worlds together, even though you've based it so much on all of the field experts that you've gathered. That's a lot of work. And I'm really happy yeah. that that our listeners can have a one-stop shop to go and take all of that fuel and then read it in one spot. So that is so beautiful. Now on the cover, it reads, divorce with compassion for yourself and your family. So how can someone go through divorce with compassion when we know that our emotions are just, they can be so boiling over. They can be so all over the place. My clients all the time say, Heidi, I feel like I can't get off the emotional roller coaster. So how do we do this compassion piece in all of this? Well, there's a number of tips I can give you there. But the first thing I'm going to start off with is it's not easy. It's not easy for the exact reason that you said. Divorce usually is a, is a space where we good people are at our worst. 
And we sometimes we don't even realize it. So a number of the tips in my book can help you do that. One of them is kind of corny, everybody, but switch things around. Say, okay, if this was me, what would I want him? What would I want her to do? Okay, that's mm. a very simple suggestion. Yeah. And one of the tips in the book, and this is actually, if you, your listeners, if you haven't yet signed your divorce, this is a massive tip. And it might sound initially when I say it, like, what does this have to do with compassion? But I'll get there. One of, one of the chapters we talk about is our responsibility as a divorcee to go to our attorney and tell him or her, these are the two things that are really important to me. These are the three things that are really important to me. Mm. You got that list cannot be more than three. All right. The smaller that list, the more you're going to save money and the, the, the less stress you're going to have. Okay. Mm. When you arm your attorney with two or three goals to achieve, and you say compromise everywhere else. Now, during divorce negotiations, Heidi, it's crazy how it, but there's, there's, let's say there's 20 conflict points. All right. Think about this for a second. If you go to your attorney and say, focus on these two, these other 18, yeah, I want it, but the two here are really important. I don't care about these 18. Mm -hmm. So if you're compromising, if you're being compassionate on the bulk of the issues that are percolating, a number of things are going to happen. The optics on this to your former partner, your former partner's attorney will be like, heck, they're giving you your way in all these things. But what you're really doing is you're allowing your attorney to focus on the two or three things that are really important to you. So divorce with compassion doesn't necessarily mean you're going to give away the farm to say yes to every unreasonable request he or she has. But what it does mean is that you're going to focus on the two or three things that are really important to you and just let go of the other things. And this is going to help you save you money. You're going to appear to be like, wow, they're being so reasonable. When what you're really doing is just focusing on the, the things that are really important to you and going to impact your life post-divorce. Mm, I think this is huge. And I love how you said two to three things. Pick those things. Understand kind of the other things that are lying out there to not dismiss those things, but to really hone in on those key, key things. Because I think some people listening... I know that I've worked with so many women who the anger element really gets the best of them. And yeah. when that anger emotion is in there, it has a hard time remembering the two to three things and just goes, screw it. I want all of it. I don't care what you want. I'm going to, I'm going to take, take everything and leave you in the dust instead of just going, hold on. And again, to your point, number one, if I was able to go, how would I want the other side of the tracks? to be delivering this to me? Is that how you would want, want to go about it? I think that that really helps keep things in perspective. That yeah, and the one thing I would add to my answer is this, and, and you saw when I talked about my intro again, I am that guy in every group of friends where my female friends, my male friends, they come to me for that reasonable counsel. I'm mm -hmm. that guy that typically had, I look at both sides, I'm a Dale Carnegie disciple, it's, it's, it's how I'm wired. It's, you know, it's how I conduct my business, Heidi. And I realized that I needed help. So I found this amazing therapist and she had done a lot of work with divorced men and probably her number one, if I was going to define her job while, while I was seeing her to help me detach from my anger and make decisions that were first 
in the interest of my children. Yes. And then allowed me and my ex-wife to land in a place where we could have some form of form of a foundation to co-parent. Okay. Mm. So coming back to your question, we divorcees, we might need a third party to help us remove the anger from our decision-making process. And that's not a bad thing. That's not saying I'm a weak person because of that. No, it is actually the opposite. Okay. Mm -hmm. It shows a a tremendous personal strength. Now I'm going to say one more thing. We do need to do things in in life sometimes for practicality and sometimes for also for optics. So let's say you're going through one of those real toxic and challenging divorces. And at some point you and your ex are going to be in front of a judge or have attorneys that are trying to finalize an agreement. It doesn't look bad for you to say, you know what, I'm going to see a therapist to help me with my decision-making process so I can be a great parent Mm. and try to uh, land in a place where I can co-parent. The optics on that, ladies and gentlemen, is just, is fabulous. And then of course, any benefit that can also really help you with your decision-making process. So I think what you said, Heidi, is to me, one of the, the, the most challenging parts of getting divorced is to separate the emotions, specifically that anger yes, and that anxiety to be able to make compassionate and sound and child-centric decisions. Mm. Thank you for all of that. That is that is really powerful. Can you maybe offer up some of the co-parenting nuggets, if you will, from your book that really help with the communications when working through the communicating with your ex feels challenging? What does that look like? Do you have any advice on that? I've got like probably a dozen chapters on that. <laughs> but let me start. Let me give you two or three that will hopefully make your readers say, I got to get this guy's book. Yes, yes. yes but I'm going to start with the most toxic of, of situations. Okay. So you got joint legal custody. And basically, whatever you say, if you say left, he says right. If you say up, she says down. There are divorces where it's like that. Now, the good news, everybody, is typically it gets better. It might not feel that way, but it typically does. All right. Mm-hmm. Whether yours does or does not, there are today amazing and cheap technological tools that can help you manage communications in a toxic environment to co-parent effectively. One of the favorite ones I talk about in the book is called the family wizard is basically like a, a private email platform. And that's the mechanism where you communicate. They do things like filter out nasty, nasty grams. You know, if, if, if he or she are, is being disrespectful with their communications, the, the family wizard filters that out. And sometimes it's so bad where you are, you're agitated just when you see that there's an email lands and that first line, you can read it. The family wizard says, you have an email from your ex, go access it whenever you want. <clears throat> so you can control this. All right. So that's for your most toxic situations. All right. Okay. Some tips that I have in there that are my favorite. One is to answer and read emails only in the morning or the latest by three o'clock. Why? Mm. In some of your more toxic situations, just the the communications is going to agitate you and you won't be able to sleep at night. And your sleep is so important to being a good parent and to be able to function in your life. And if you are doing your communications with your ex at the early part of the day, you've got the whole rest of the day to let those, those anger and feelings abate. Okay. So that's like a really small thing there that is very helpful. 
Another great one, Heidi, is the use of what we call the time card in business. This is a business tool that I brought in as a tip in this one chapter. Before writing about it, I ran it by my therapist because it's actually a it's a business tool that is used. I said, you know, have, have has this ever been used in divorce communications? She said, Andy, this is amazing. So what is this? Well, we human beings, we tend to make better decisions when we have more time to think through it. All right. Mm-hmm. That's the first point. The second point is that in a divorce, in the worst of times, when it's most toxic, the fewer things we have to discuss with our ex, the better. Mm-hmm. All right. With those two points in mind, when issues are coming up with the children, they really fall into two buckets. There's logistics, and you have to address that right away. Who's okay. picking up little Johnny right now from soccer practice? Yes. Who's picking up Susie from gymnastics? All right. These are things that you're going to have to communicate with, and they cannot wait. Mm. The second bucket are issues with kids that can wait. Like, oh, we got Johnny in, enrolled in ballet. He doesn't want to go. He's complaining about it. All right. And I, I don't want to deal with his complaints anymore. Well, okay. This is a non-logistical issue, Heidi. So we'll put that in the time card bucket and mm. we'll punch and we'll deal with this a week later. Now, there's there's here are the benefits. Number one. With kids, particularly little kids, a lot of these issues solve themselves. So what was really important to little Johnny on Monday, by Friday, it's no longer an issue any longer. So there's one less topic to talk about with your ex. Mm. Number two, if you combine these non-logistical issues, you can talk about multiple things at once. Again, reducing the number of times you have to engage your ex. Yes. And the third and my, the most important is that Because you're making a decision about something five days later, you had a chance to think through all the variables. That decision is is going to be a better decision, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One one more tip I'm going to give you. Again, this also involves a business skill. In business situations where you're, you're in a toxic situation and where no matter what suggestion you offer, your colleague is going to say the opposite. This is the case very often in divorce. No matter what I say, Heidi, you're going to say, that's a bad idea. All right. Yes. The beauty about divorce is that at some point you recognize no matter what I do, he or she is going to say the opposite. Mm. So one of my chapters deals with changing the nature of your communication where you're never offering your preference. You're just defining the problem. Here's a little problem we're having with Johnny. Heidi, what do you suggest? What do you suggest? What do you suggest? And what Mm. you're trying to do with this strategy is to lead your former partner to coming up with the answer that you wanted in the first place, but you're letting him or her own the answer. So because it's not coming out of your mouth or your pen, they're less likely to object. It, It works masterfully. So in this one chapter, we actually have sample communications where we have, here's the goal, here's the the challenge. Let's change the texture of communication where you're never divulging what your preference is. You're just saying, here's our problem. What do you suggest? Here's our problem. What do you suggest? And sometimes it takes two or three of these exchanges before you arrive at an answer that is fairly close to what you want to do in the first place. Wow. That is great. A great, great, great tip for communication in general. Oftentimes, we're trying to tell people what we want, how we want it, how it's going to happen instead of going, 
hmm, what do you suggest? I love that. What do you yes. suggest? And then having it be more of an opportunity where they they believe that they're guiding the way and then you really get to infuse uh, a bit of the direction, uh, kind of steer a little bit differently around what that situation is going to look like. I was going to ask you around, I love the buckets of logistics versus time card elements. Mm -hmm. In speaking to all the different folks that you've talked about, has there been any advice on what types of things and or when you should have an expert insert the suggestions on that? What I mean by that is I think in the beginning, a lot of people try to figure it out on their own before seeking uh, legal inserts, if you will. So they'll say, well, uh, we'll just start by you get the kids on Tuesdays and you get them on Thursdays from this time to that time. And they'll kind of create their own stuff versus um, the some someone professional getting involved and saying, let's figure out what this looks like versus everybody just kind of tossing in Well, I work those days and you work these days. And it's kind of just like, I don't know, how can we all just hold on for survival? Uh, when do you get experts involved in all of this? Great question, honey. The first and an honest answer is, it's never too late to bring an expert in. So I'm going to answer your question a bit differently. The optimal point to involve the expert is before you finalize your divorce. So right. you can demand that that expert be a part of your team to co-parent with your children. Mm -hmm. If you've already finalized your divorce, you can then approach your ex and get this inserted. The type of expert is there's two main piece of advice I'll give you. There's the co-parent counselor. And the co-parent counselor, like you can agree, let's say you and I are exes, Heidi, and we, we can't agree on, on what, what, what brand of jeans to get for little Johnny. And that's not uncommon in some situations. So we go and we hire a co-parent counselor and we meet once a month. You got your list. I got my list of things we got to agree to because mm. our children's lives are not going to wait for us to be able to get along. And a co-parent counselor helps us reach agreements, all right? Mm. Now, the co-parent counselor can also draft the parenting plan that you are inferring to in your question to me, which is how the custodial calendar will look, how holidays will work out, um, Father's Day, Mother's Day, birthdays, and how the, the co-parent cal the, the calendar will adjust as work schedules change this is where you should involve an expert to draft this. You should never, ever mm. try to do this without an existing structure. Mm. And this is absolutely where you want the expert brought in. Now, what's the, the way you want this playing out is that after six months, nine months, you and I actually get along a little bit better. And we only need to meet with a co-parent counselor every second month. Mm. A year later, once a quarter. A year later, we don't even need the co-parent counselor. Now, the challenge with the co-parent counselor is their advice is not binding. So yes. if you have a truly obstructive spouse or former spouse, he or she can still just say no. But the best co-parent counselors I have found, 90% of the time can get you to a point of an ag agreement. Okay. All right. Now, in, in some cases, you might want to insist on what's called a special master. What's a special master? So... Let's come back to our example. Let's say we are divorced or getting divorced. <laughs> and when disagreements arise in many divorces, you've got two options. You and I either get frustrated because we can't agree or we go to court. And right. there's nothing in the middle. Okay. Right. 
And sometimes you find one parent will capitulate just because he or she does not want to get the court. A special master is basically typically a mediator or a judge. Sometimes it's a therapist. Will you go, the divorcees go and give the special master what's called an order. A special master's order is where you'll find typically it's a mediator, a, a former divorce attorney. It could be a, a, a parenting coordinator. And this person has legal authority where you go, the divorce couple goes and says, okay, these are the big picture topics that if we cannot agree on these topics, we can then give you each of our position and we are binded by your ruling. Mm. Now, in many cases, if you don't have a good attorney on one side or the other, they will push back on it. Why? Because it means they're not going to get any, any work from you or they're more, less likely to get work from you after the divorce. A special master, Heidi, is absolutely fantastic mm. for lots of reasons. First is you only pay for what you use. So it might be where you only use a special master once a year. So you pay 500 bucks and that's it. And you are able to make a decision and stay out of court. Yeah. The other thing is I find is really helpful is that when we're getting divorced, we're really, we're typically very stressed out. Mm -hmm. And particularly if you have an obstructive ex, you're more stressed out because you know, you've got two bad options, capitulate or go to court. Knowing that you have a special master will limit the ability of a truly obstructive spouse or former spouse to really basically obstruct your ability to co-parent. And here is a great human relations principle. The more obstructive person, they project that on the others. They don't see themselves, himself or herself as being the problem. It's always you. Yes. So you may find that your obstructive ex is quite, oh, yeah, I'm okay with a special master because to them, it's a way to control you. So you can get this inserted before the divorce or after. And the and if if I could give your, your listeners one super powerful nugget here, if you have not yet signed, do not sign your divorce without insertion of a special master. Ooh. Because sometimes even if you're getting along today, a year later, there could be an issue, a, a new partner or whatever. Yeah. Where you're not able to, to, to get along. And the special master, I would look at it like an insurance policy. I've got hurricane insurance. I live in Florida. I hope I never need it, but I know I got it. And it gives me the peace of mind that I can live here. And if there's a disaster, I don't have to rebuild my whole home. Yeah. So a special master, I absolutely recommend it. And again, you can actually put it in place and then never have to use it. Mm. But by, by being in place, is going to keep everybody honest and everybody reasonable. Wow. I'm so glad you're sharing this, all of this, because I never heard of a special master. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of that. I've heard of divorce mediation and then the lawyer side of things. So it's kind of yes. like just two options, but having, and the co-parenting counselor, I have heard of that. And I think it's such a beautiful thing because the co-parenting counselors, from my understanding, they can help in all different phases of, of the divorce, but also when the spouses get remarried. If the spouses uh, or former partners get remarried, they can also help in those elements of kind of that part of co-parenting as well. So I think that that's 
uh, and the benefit of the co-parenting counselor is always looking out for the benefit of the children is what it's been explained to me is you're going to have this person who is in the middle of all of this and really looking out for what is best for the children. It's not like picking sides or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they answer to the kids and they don't care about the drama Mm -hmm. and they, they don't care about who's right or wrong. I said, this is what is the, is the highest and best interest of the children. Mm-hmm. And that's typically a good co-parent counselor. That's where the guidance comes from. Where does one go to find a special master? That's a new term for me. Yeah, well, most of the divorce professionals, so if you uh, most co-parent counselors mm-hmm. will know a few special masters. Okay. If you have a good attorney yes. who cares more about your well-being, they should be able to recommend a good special master. Okay. Um, go down to the court, family court. They may be able to give you the names of a few special masters. I would recommend to interview them with your with your ex. Yeah. And reach a mutual agreement on who you're going to use. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. What are some of the must-haves before finalizing your divorce? What what do we need to have in place? What do we need to prepare for? The absolute positive number one is we kind of touched on this earlier. You must have a formal parenting plan. Okay. You're asking for trouble if this is a verbal agreement or even something that you jotted down. If you come up with a formal co-parenting plan, now let me just explain. You might go to a co-parenting specialist and say, okay, this is what I want. Your ex says, this is what I want. And the co-parent counselor will come up with a framework. All right. And this gets inserted in your divorce document. Mm. It's a part of your divorce filed with the court. Yes. And when you draft this, the other must have is you must spend a few minutes with your co-parent counselor and say, okay, what will life look like in three or four years? Let's make sure we structure this in a manner that we can grow with this. And I'll give you a great example. One of the interviewed couples we talked about in the book, uh, stay-at-home dad, mm. the, 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 the wife uh, was the primary breadwinner, and she traveled. Upon separation, the children were already used to being alone with dad. Being alone with mom was a new phenomenon. Yeah. So in the co-parenting session, <clears throat> the co-parent counselor was really honest, was sometimes the cold, hard truth, said to the, the wife, you know, I think you're going to have a bit more of a challenge the first year or so. Because your children are not used to being alone with you. Plus, you need to adjust your business to your new world. Okay? So, and one thing I didn't add is she was a, a, a good mom, but the parenting was very not consistent like, like this. It was like she would come in town and say, I got the kids, honey, for two days. You check out. And then mm. she wouldn't see the kids for three days. All right? So, in the parenting plan, it got set up, Heidi, where... Out of the gate, she start off with about 25%. Three months later, go to 30, then to 35 and 40. So she got her 50-50 custody. Yes. But it was structured in a manner that it, everybody wins. Yes. Um, she got what she, what, you know, she was a good mom and she should not be penalized because she traveled on business. Mm-hmm. All right. But the reality of their situation was there are two completely different worlds. The kids were already used to being alone with dad, but not with mom. Mm. And sure enough, 
the first few months were very difficult on the kids. I want dad. I want dad. I want dad. She wasn't doing anything wrong. Sure. It was just the whole family needed an adjustment period. So mm. the, the, the number one thing, everything else is a distant second to a formal parenting plan put into the divorce mm. and one structured where you'll, con- you'll understand and consider the kids are going to be aging and getting older and the parents' lives are going to be changing. Yeah, that is, I think the one of the most beautiful parts about what you just said is really letting everybody grow with it. So the kids are put first. And I would venture to say that in that example, that actually ended up being what was best for the mom as well, right? Without well, knowing I, it. I, I think after the kids, for sure for her. Yeah. Because um, one of the things I talked about in my book that is, I, I've never seen in another book, which is why I wrote a chapter on this, is recognizing the need to take inventory of change in roles. What do I mean by that? In most households of uh, two parents, roles are divided based on um, one of the parents' core competencies. So let's say, like I can speak in in my own divorce, my ex was a a super homemaker. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. She was a stay-at-home mom. I worked. And I was a workaholic kind of guy, but I was very involved with my kids. But, you know, I worked super hard and I, I really couldn't cook. Upon divorce, Heidi, my children were on a, a gluten-free diet, uh, no nuts, and lactose intolerant. So imagine learning how to cook with those three restrictions. Yeah. And I was determined not to be mac and cheese dad. All right. So I got out some cookbooks. I started experimenting, took some courses. No, I'm not on the level of my ex, but I'm at a point where I was determined to cook nutritious meals and I, I was able to do that. On the other hand, my ex, she had to re-enter the workforce. She had yes. to learn how to balance the household budget. So we each had some really, really big stressors. Okay. Yeah. So the benefit there, where in that example for the mom is that this sales professional, she had to basically make sure that she could still manage to to bring home the bacon yes make enough money because travel travel was a component of her job yes yet she wanted a certain type of life um when she was in town and by being gradual by by, by approaching divorce like a marathon not a sprint yes <laughs> everybody got what they would deserve and mm. the, and and she got the time she she really deserved it she was a great mom but she had the time to adjust her life. And yeah, so these are great examples and things that are very often missed. People are so focused on what they want their life to look like on the first day after the divorce is signed. And that's so misguided is how do you want your life to look and your children's life to look a year and a half later? Yes, yes. And I love the fact that when you have these experts in place that are truly, truly there to benefit you and your kids and the family situation, all of those pieces. Sometimes when you're in it and those emotions, like we said in the beginning, are all over the place, it's hard to just see what's there. And it's also when you've never, most of us have never been through divorce. I mean, so you all you think is, okay, I either get the kids or I don't get the kids or we're going to split it 50-50 not even realize that there is a plethora of in-between options for, and not just like having the kids or not, but 
the co-parenting plan that gets dropped in, that there's all sorts of areas that you can explore versus it's just A, B, or C, right? Yeah, and, and this is why involvement of, of field experts is so important because, first of all, a good attorneys will know a, a bit about the issues that may may arise, but the attorneys are focused on a very, their role is very different. Yep. And their fiduciary responsibility to you is very different, okay? Right. The co-parent counselor, they're the advocate for the children. Yeah. And they're going to see things that you're simply not able to think about. Mm. And keep in mind that divorce that you're going through, most people who do get divorced, you got one, maybe a second one in your life. And it's for many of us, it's the single most traumatic point of our life. These experts have seen dozens, hundreds sometimes. Mm. So they're going to understand things that you're just not thinking about right now. Right. And, And you need that oversight before you finalize your divorce. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you, you're like you said, the business side of you talks a lot about strategy and goals. And I love this because your divorce planner is all about planning really those next step of your, the next chapter of your life. So in the strategy and goals, why would somebody want to develop a strategy and set goals in divorce? Why is this so important? Well, I'm going to give you two reasons, three reasons. First, it's going to save you money. Yeah. Okay. If you don't have a specific goals, you're going to find you're going to, your legal expenses are going to be massively higher, potentially tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Right. So you give your attorney two boxes to check. He or she checks those two boxes. Don't worry about the other stuff. And you could be done in a couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Number two is, I talked about this a little bit earlier, is that the stress you are under is immense. The shorter that legal process, the more focused you want two or three things rather than dozens, the lower your stress is going to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the last beneficiary is, is, is your children. Your children, you may think that I'm doing a good job of insulating my kids. The honest truth is most of us are not. Mm-hmm. Your children are sponges. Everything that they're seeing is being taken in. Yes. So one way to approach this, everybody, is the less stress you're dealing with, the more funds that you reserve for later. Yeah. The more relaxed and in a better place you're going to be, and your children are going to feed off that energy. Mm-hmm. So it's in everybody's best interest for you to get through your divorce fast and mm-hmm. focus on two or three things. Mm. That's so helpful. Uh, Talking about the word fast, in your book, there's a title that is the need for speed. What is that all about? All right. Also, one of my favorite chapters to write. So in doing these interviews and research, it wasn't uncommon for me to come across a couple that from the time of separation to when they actually stamped their divorce, five to 10 years. Yes. One couple that was 15 years. Yes. Right. Yeah. But I think people don't realize that, especially where a lot of our listeners are going to be. They don't realize it. it I've heard of that as well. And that is. Yeah. And, well, and, and I've even heard intentional reasons such as we want us to share insurance and, and this and that. In, in the research I did with all the um, therapists. Okay. The first part of the book is actually, even though I wrote a divorce book, is like 
is dedicated to, to identifying is divorce the right path for me? I love that. Right. Oh, we need to um, talk a whole nother podcast on that. A whole nother podcast. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> because some of us, it's not the right path. Right. Right. And this yep. chapter, hopefully, will, you'll recognize am I in this bucket or that bucket? So mm. once you decide that it's in the right path for you, it's the highest and best interest of everybody, including the children. Mm-hmm. And the, then the way I would approach it, everybody, is and so here is a cliff. And when you get on this side of the cliff, or just say a side of the road, cliff is wrong. When you get on that side of the road, you can go to that next chapter of your life. Maybe mm-hmm. bring up, meet a new partner. And that's when you start to get happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. And whether you realize it or not, this is consistent from the therapy community. The signature on a divorce is a lot more important than just the signature because it represents the movement from this stage to that stage. Yes. So if divorce is the right path for you, the shorter that period between separation and divorce finality, the faster you get on that side of the road Mm. and that next chapter of your life. Absolutely. If you you end up having a five or 10 year period between separation and divorce, whatever your rationale behind it, you'll never be completely healthy until you get on the other side. And one more nugget, if you're divorcing and you don't yet have that new partner, and hopefully I wish for all of you, you land in a place where you can bring a good new partner into your life. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that it's almost like a resume when you get out of college. When you go into the dating world, people are like, well, let me look at this resume. All right. Do I want to go out with this person? Do I want to hire this person? One of the issues on that resume is separation or divorce. Yep. There are many good potential partners that will not give you a chance at a date unless you are divorced. They just don't want to meet anybody who's separated because the inference is you're still in that transitionary period. Right. I mean, I even met some people that would not date until you were two or three years after divorce. Mm-hmm. So for the, the basic, all of these bullet points and sentences come into one tip. The faster you sign your divorce, if divorce is the right path for you, the faster you get onto the other side of the road where you can begin that next chapter of your life. Mm. This is, this is so key. And this is a lot of times where I, you know, link arms with divorce lawyers, with the the co-parenting friends is because once they sign, I know how I felt Uh, at first. I thought, wow, this is going to be so great. I've been working on getting through this and getting it to this point. And then I signed and I remember the feeling the next morning I woke up and I literally woke up Andy and I was like, what do I do now? I, I wasn't excited and elated and I didn't have another partner lined up and I didn't, and, and I, I didn't have kids. I didn't really, I didn't know who I was waking up that morning other than, wow, this is final. This is done. Now I'm on the other side of the road and I was terrified because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do next. Well, l- let me speak to that for a second before we move past this point. Please. My book is divided into four sections. And one of those four sections is, what do I need to do for me to, yes. to, 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 because we don't realize sometimes how much pressure we're under. So one fourth of the book 
there are tips of things we can do for ourselves to help make it easier on ourselves because you're going to be focusing on your children. You'd be worried about finance and you'd be worried about changing your professional life. And the one thing that is almost always neglected is your own mental and physical health. That's it. And if you can actually have an eye open towards that, again, you're going to be helping your children Mm -hmm. by getting yourself to a point where you feel good in your own shoes. Your kids will sense that when they're in your home. And it's going to also help you bring somebody new into your life. Ah. That everything that you just said is exactly why I do what I do, because Mm -hmm. not only do I link arms with the divorce lawyers and the co-parenters, but also a lot of my clients have therapists. They have their therapist intact and they have a life coach that is backing them through because what we focus on is what, what this next chapter looks like and also who you're showing up as, as you're navigating through the waters pre, during, and post. Just depending on where you find yourself really needing to kind of walk through this journey, because there's all sorts of stuff that you have to move through. So I know that you and I could talk for probably four more hours on so many more things. And I can already tell that from the energy that we're pouring into this podcast (laughs) and all of the amazing things that you just shared, that our listeners are going to go out and get your book and want to get more of you in their life. So how do our listeners find you? How do they get more Andy tips in their life? How how do they get more access? I'm going to make it easy. Thank you, Heidi. 95% of those that get our book are on Amazon. So just go to Amazon, type, take the high road, divorce with compassion for yourself and your family. On the back of the book is our website. You can stay connected. I'm happy to help out with a tip here or there. And if you, if my book helps you, if the podcast helps you, I would ask you post a review on Amazon so that others can see. But, you know, what I will say to all of you that if you're tuning into Heidi's podcast, whether you realize or not, you're doing the first thing. Bring in the right resources in your life to help you. By that, I mean a book like mine. Yes. A podcaster like Heidi. Um, and maybe a great therapist, you don't need a lot of people giving you advice. In fact, you don't want it. What you do want is the right counsel so you can make these decisions. And, you know, you're already a step way ahead of most who are just, they're not, they're, they're maybe too arrogant or just, they don't even know, well, I don't need any help or, or they don't even know that there are resources like this out there mm-hmm. and bring in people, bring in counsel like this into your world will allow you to make better choices and better decisions. You're going to win. Your children are going to win. And even it might not be feeling charitable right now, but your ex is going to win too, whether he he realizes it or not. Mm, Thank you for all of that. And, you know, I I think there are people who listen to this podcast who aren't divorced. Mm -hmm. They're just always growing and learning from different pieces. And they know people who are struggling in this area. And so I would add to what you said to say, if you are listening and you know somebody that you care about who can use this information, please share the podcast, buy them a copy of the book, gift it to them, or at least give them the resources on where to find it. You never know what nuggets people are going to need that are just going to really hit home for them in this journey. 
I have two quick closing questions that I ask all my guests. If you're willing to go down that path with me, I feel like you're one of those people who is open to anything. I am. Should I? Great. (laughs) Um, The first thing is, what is one thing that you really love about you? Well, I think I'm going to be corny here, uh, Heidi, as um, I kind of care about people. I'm, I got a big heart. Um, I'm not, I didn't write this book to make money. I got a successful career. And, you know, maybe I got this from my dad, who was a cardiologist. I have a big heart and I do, I'm, I'm a glass half full guy. I always think that, you know, if you do take certain steps, things can turn out good on, uh, on the end. Oh my gosh. We just met today and I can already, I already know those two things are true about you. <laughs> and then the last question is what does joy feel like in your body? Honestly, joy, when I think for me, I can define joy is when some of the naughtier thoughts that can tend to dominate us when we're stressed, they've just kind of, they're just not around as, they're not as prevalent. They've moved into the back burner. It's kind of almost like the peril opposite of what a lot of your listeners may be going through right now. And what I would tell all of you is that you will get there. I had myself a, such a challenge in divorce. It felt it, like the world, the, the walls were truly crumbling. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't, you can't, when that's happening, it's so difficult to envision life being better. But I will tell you, if you do certain things, like listen to this podcast, get my book, and then actually act on the things and the counsel you're getting, you can accelerate land in that point where you you do experience pure joy. I mean, yeah. I've remarried Heidi. I got a wonderful new wife. My, you know, I'm I'm involved in my children's lives. I could not have imagined that world nine years no. ago. So no. really, you can you can get there, guys. Yeah. Thank you for that. It it really is part of this podcast is all about that extra energy of hope and uh really knowing that you can reclaim your joy. That's that's mm-hmm. a huge part of the journey uh, with my clients. So thank you so much for this conversation today. I really appreciate you and your time and your energy and your willingness to go out and pull from your own personal experience and the the breadth of expertise out there to put it all in one beautiful place. I can't wait to get my own copy of your book and have all of our listeners gather that book as well. So thank you for that. And just love having you here. We'll have to have you back on. Anytime, Heidi. And hopefully, I apologize for my voice, guys. I'm getting over a cold, but <laughs> Heidi, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The feeling's mutual on my end. Anytime you want me back, I'm happy to come. Amazing. Amazing. And to all you guys out there listening, just a kind reminder as we close remember, you are safe, you are loved, you are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright, and live a limitless life. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.